Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the Good News episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fuld. In these episodes, we will speak with people who are helpers, who are positive, compassionate, and who bring a bit of good news into our lives in these stressful times. Listen with an open heart to those who are offering their hearts and talents to all of us. It is our wish that each of these episodes will bring a smile to your face and hope to your heart. And to help us do that, we have as a special guest today, Janine Powell, who is a divorce coach. Welcome to Janine. Thank you for having me, Tom. My pleasure, Janine. And I, I really am fascinated by this because my question to you is, what is a divorce coach? Okay. So, and, and that's a good question because a lot of people um, are wondering, what does a divorce coach actually do? So right. I had to sum it up in one sentence. I would say I provide hope and help to people whose lives have been turned upside down as a result of their divorce. Well, that's, so, that, that's wonderful because having gone through one 20 years ago, that's an exact description of what happens to one's life. It gets turned upside down. Completely, completely. And, and that's why, I mean, I, I love the idea of your podcast when you talk about it's for hope and healing um, because the divorce process and recovering post-divorce is really a process of healing and recovery. Um, divorce is considered the second most stressful life event that somebody could go through. And to go through that alone is really tough. That is, and, and actually my own experience, and I'm, I imagine you're gonna back me up on this, is that the only people I had there were my was the lawyers, one on each side, and they were mm -hmm. not what I would call supportive. Exactly. And, you know, and many people still to this day, you know, believe that when they're going through a divorce, all they need is a lawyer. And in many times you do need a whole team of professionals to help you get the best possible outcome for yourself and, and your family. Um, and as a divorce coach, I'm just one member of, of the team of divorce professionals that can help you through this. And my job is really twofold, right? Because I can help with the practical end of divorce, right? So somebody is thinking about getting a divorce and they don't know where to begin. So I can give them an overview of the divorce process. I can help them set their expectations and goals for the process. I can help them get organized for the process. Um, I can help them set their, um, you know, go over their concerns with them, help um, them prioritize their main needs and concerns, uh, keep, keep them accountable, prepare them for their meeting with an attorney, um, you know, as a divorce coach, I can't offer any legal advice. Uh, that would be the unauthorized practice of law. But what I can do is prepare them for their meeting with a lawyer, uh, brainstorm with them to come up with appropriate questions uh, so I can save them time and money in that regard. Um, the other half of my job, so that's kind of the practical part of divorce coaching. The other part of my job deals with really the emotional roller coaster that people are going through when they're going through a divorce. And, um, you know, like I said, it is such a stressful, overwhelming time filled with, you know, so many different emotions. And sometimes it's hard to think straight, right, when we're in that state of mind. So I'm here to help people um, express, process, and, and release their emotions to help them um, maybe tweak their communication styles to help them end this um, cycle of conflict that they might be in with their ex to help them, 
you know, formulate good practices for co-parenting. And it extends all the way to, you know, post-divorce, helping them form a new identity once they're no longer part of a couple. Wow, that is a lot of stuff that you're doing. I, I must ask, how did you come to know all of this? I mean, the, the, the things you have in that package are, are many, many technical and, and lifestyles. How did you come to understand all of this and be able to help? Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, there is so much involved, right? Um, so basically, I, I had gone through my own painful divorce about um, almost 11 years ago already. And at the time, I was a stay-at-home mom. I had two small kids, and um, I just did not know where to turn to, who to go to for help. I, I had, I actually had a wonderful legal team. I had a great therapist. I had the support from family and friends, but somehow it still wasn't enough, right? I felt like I needed to talk to somebody who truly understood what I was going through. I was searching for somebody to just get it, right? Right. Um, so often when we're going through something difficult, well-meaning friends and family sometimes just say the wrong thing. Um, you know, their intentions are good, but they just don't get it. Right. Right. What 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 would you what's like an opening paragraph that you would tell someone who comes to you in a state? You know, obviously this is difficult. I don't know what to do. I either have or don't have a lawyer. But what, what's that? opening that you would lead into helping them with? So the first thing is really trying to de-escalate the emotions, because when you are going through a divorce, you actually, you know, very many times you go into survival mode because life as you know it is changing, right? So you feel threatened, you feel vulnerable, you feel unsure, and you literally go into that survival mode, which is that fight, flight, freeze, or like fawn response. Right. And when we are in that mode, it is literally that the part of our brain that's responsible for rational thinking, logical thinking, reasoning, that part of our brain actually shuts down. So just when we're called upon to make all these really important decisions, our brain isn't working the way we need it to. So the first thing I would do when someone comes into me is to kind of help de-escalate their emotions so that we can you know, get that rational part of our brain working again. Um, and then it's really just exploring um, their individual situation. You know, how long have they been married? How, how many kids do they have? Where do they want to live? Like helping them get a clear picture of the ideal life that they would like to create post-divorce, right? So they're, as, as a coach, clients come to you and they're at point A, and we want to help get them from point A to point B. Um, so like I said, sometimes this process, it's so overwhelming it's really, you know, sitting down, helping them prioritize, helping them get their concerns in order, realizing what they have control over and what they don't have control over. Um, so that's usually the, you know, the first, um, I actually send out a questionnaire that has about 20 questions on it that people can rate, you know, how concerned they are about each one of those areas. So that, that gives us, it helps them organize their thoughts, but it also helps me when we decide to work together you know, what areas are, are most important to them at the time. Right. Well, now on this de-escalating part, it sounds a little bit like you're being a therapist. I don't mean to accuse you of doing therapy without a license. Yeah, yeah. not how at do, all. How do people, is it just an opportunity? Because I certainly would have liked it. And I tried to do this with the lawyer I had, and I think it was helpful mm -hmm. to some degree, but really to download all my feelings 
And I didn't mean for he should do anything about it, but he should listen. Somebody had to listen to it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you bring that up as well, because I, you know, as a coach, obviously I recognize my areas of expertise. And when somebody is struggling, um, I often do encourage them to see a therapist to get to really work through the emotions. Um, what I can provide people with are some simple tools and strategies to kind of de-escalate the emotions in the moment, right? So some kind of deep breathing techniques, visualization techniques, um, paying attention to, to doing, you know, sometimes just as, as a simple task, you know, counting backwards by twos from 20, um, right? Because all of a sudden when you're engaging the part of your mind that has to think, it's sort of like, is it can de-escalate, bring down the emotions. So it's almost sort of sometimes a distraction technique um, that can just snap them out of that spiral of spiraling, you know, of emotions. So again, like I said, breathing techniques, visualization techniques, um, you know, a couple little, like I said, tools and strategies that can just kind of calm them at that moment. But um, again, I can't emphasize enough with the really deep-seated emotions um, that that is the job of a therapist, as you've pointed out. Sure, absolutely. But that breath does make a lot of difference. Taking a deep breath. This is called, a, in my world, a pause. Yes. A pause between wanting to reach out and you know either punch somebody or yell something and just stop for a second and go, okay, and just yeah. pause. And yeah. the pause. And you know, those visualization techniques kind of work the same way, right? Because it's making, it's kind of giving you a timeout. Um, it's a pause and, and you're visualizing something. And when, when those techniques to be really effective, you want to engage your senses, right? So say if, if I'm all wound up and I want to visualize myself um, in my happy calm place, which for me would be the beach, right? right. So then I'm going to visualize myself on the beach and I'm going to feel the warm sand beneath my body. I'm going to feel the sun on my face. I'm I'm going to hear the ocean waves. I'm going to feel the mist from the water. I'm going to smell the sea air. And I mean, just talking about it, I, I just feel relaxed right now, right? You just relaxed me. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. So now, let me have a thought. I keep talking to you as though you, the people you, you help are women. Is that a, a fact or is it a mixture of women and men? Well, it's very interesting because when I first started my practice, and and like I said, I, I I started this practice, you know, based on my own personal experience, right? And that's so common that we we go through something difficult and we turn our pain into a purpose, or we turn our pain into something we're passionate about. And so after I went through my experience, I thought there has to be an easier way to get through this process. And I want to be for somebody else what I wish I had when I was going through my divorce, right? That that sort of like that best friend by your side when you're going through your divorce. So um, that's what I wanted to be to, to other people who were going through this process. And I falsely assumed that most of my clients would be women, would be women. Um, and actually, I have at this time maybe a few more men clients than than female clients. Um, yeah, and it's really interesting. And, and I think the way, um, I mean, studies have been found to show that men and women do cope differently with divorce. And initially, men do seem to have um, a harder time getting over the end of the marriage, right. initially. Um, and that may be to some, you know, um, gender stereotypes or whatever that we're still holding on to, where men 
um, you know, we're taught not to express their feelings or to, you know, be brave all the time and hold them in. Men typically might not have as big of a support system as women, right? Women, you know, chat with their friends all the time. Right. Um, so even though, you know, studies have shown that men initially have a harder time with their divorce, studies also show that in the, you know, men are also much quicker to eventually move on right? They're much quicker to start new relationships. They're much quicker to get remarried than, than women are. So it's more of a longer process for the women to heal than it is, than it is for the men. Understandable. I mean, I think, I think that I've experienced that myself. Um, when you're dealing now with a lot of difficult times and difficult, one of the questions that comes up a lot when I hear about divorce and people saying they, whether rightly or wrongly, put a little blame on lawyers as a, as an instigation of, you know, aggressive action. Is there anything you tell, you tell somebody who come to you about how to deal with your lawyer or what to, how to control your lawyer, if that's, the, if that's necessary? You know what, that, that's, a, that's a good point. And it's interesting because a lot of people come to me and they're like, I need to have a lawyer who's a shark, right? They want somebody who's going to be aggressive and win and um, but you really have to look at your divorce as a negotiation. And, and when I work with clients, I try to help them be really clear on what they want out of the divorce and really, you know, realistic about their expectations, right? And, and really, um, you know, the, the goal of a divorce is really to, to have, um, you know, both people post-divorce living a lifestyle as similar as possible to the marital lifestyle. And sometimes you're right when you bring lawyers in, it gets very contentious and and and, and things get um, you know, seem more like a battle than a negotiation. And that's that's really difficult. But I, I think for the most part, a lot of lawyers now are offering um mediation, which is a great alternative, which is um a more peaceful alternative where you know the, the lawyer serves as a unbiased, impartial third party that kind of works with the two of you to come to agreement together. And what's interesting is a lot of times, um, a lot of times that both spouses really do want the same result in the end. You know, they want what's best for their family. They want what's best with their, for their children. Um, so some of that can, can be avoided. And I, I think that's one of my jobs as a divorce coach to really help people um, see that it doesn't have to be a war and that when you're dealing with your lawyer, you have a say of how you want things to, to go. And, and that's one thing too. I think people are very intimidated. Um, they're afraid to question their lawyers. They're afraid to, um, you know, realize that they have a big say in this, in this outcome. Right. Well, how does a mediation work? It sounds like it's one legal person listening to both sides and then yeah doing what advising each side well again they're not technically in a mediation they're not supposed to um you know be on one side or the other but they kind of can can guide the people based on the laws of the state um and and talk about the major things that need to be decided in a divorce right and usually the major things it's you know the division of assets it's the um you know uh whether or not there's going to be spouse support and then the third aspect is, you know, relating to children, whether or not you have kids. So it kind of guides um, the mediator's job is to kind of hear what both parties want and sort of to guide them about what would what would hold up or, you know, be considered fair if, if this were to go before a judge or, or to court, you know. But so their, their job is very unbiased. Sorry. 
if you're going to mediation, then you do talk back and forth and you get to a place where the mediator says, this is what I hear. And mm-hmm. say, yeah, we agree. You write it. Someone writes a piece of paper, not the individual. You then get a, a, a separate lawyer to write paper. So oftentimes, sometimes one mediator can do it all. Oftentimes, once you come to an agreement in mediation, then each party, each spouse may want to have get their an outside lawyer to just, you know, look over the agreement and make sure everything's, you know, the way they want it to be or make sure it's it's fair or just if they, again, like they want, um, you know, individual legal representation to just check out, check it all out. But um, that doesn't always have to be the case. Absolutely. Now tell me, what what is the hardest? What is, I mean, the hardest seems to be the emotional, just the ending of a marriage to begin with. But in yeah. the terms of, deciding on what's right or best for both parties what seems to be the hardest area of discussion um i think it's again it all goes back to when people are really trying to make these decisions when they're really emotional and i think it really helps to when you're trying to you know fight or negotiate something on your divorce really helps to examine like what are your motives right when you hear people say like you know, they're talking about their spouse and it's like, oh, I want to get back at them or I want to punish them or I want to prove that I'm right or I'm going to make them suffer or I want to, like all those things that you hear so commonly, that's not productive when, you try, when you're trying to work through your divorce, right? You want to have um, better intentions, you know, better motivations, more, more and less thinking like, you know, I'm right and they're wrong. Um, have the attitude of how are we best going to, you know, come up with agreement that serves us, you know, our family in the best possible manner where we don't have to spend tons of money and tons of um, emotional energy trying to get through this, right? So so coming in it with the mindset, it's all about the mindset that we're going to get through this and we can both get through this okay. And we're not trying to punish each other and we're not trying to hurt each other. And we're just really trying to do what's going to be best for our family going forward. But that's hard. That's hard, especially if one person in the relationship feels as if they were the one that was wronged, right? Um, and that's when we have to really work on issues of, of, of getting rid of the blame game. And, and that so often happens in a divorce, right? Some persons, and, and there's no winning in, in when people start blaming, right? Because think of it, if, if when that happens, um, one person is always the bad guy. And one person is always the victim. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be either. Right. right? Well, I agree. <laughs> also, also, it forgets the fact that this was a marriage and it had come together originally out of love. It had come mm-hmm. together. There must have been something that each person liked, loved about the other person. And if we could remember, maybe if we could remember that, even though there's hurt and anger, mm-hmm. we might go back to, well, what? what's best for me yeah but what's also best for that other person who i once loved right right that's a beautiful way to look at it it's a really beautiful way to look at it it is and that's what coaching is about it's it's really um your job is uh, you know my job as a coach is to to have people have that shift in perspective and coaching we call it that aha moment so that shift in perspective where they can kind of see things through a different angle Right. Do you want to, you know, how do you want to look at your divorce when everything is said and done? You know, when you look back at this in six months from now and five or five years from now, 
do you want to be proud of the way you handle things or, you know, are you, are you going to be embarrassed or ashamed or, you know, do you want to get through this divorce and say, wow, we went through a really difficult situation, but we handled it like mature, caring adults. And now our lives are, you know, better moving forward. So it's, it's having that shift of perspective. How do you want to look at this in the future? How do you want to look at this? You know, if you were looking at it through the eyes of your children, um, you know, so, so, and then, like you said, how about looking at it as something you once loved this person and, and you came together in love? And is there a peaceful way to, to separate? Yes, it's very important. And once you've done it, once you've actually solved it, I heard you say earlier that you might be with a person to coach them a little bit through the next stage, which is, OK, now I'm alone or now I'm not married to anybody. And I'm not fighting over anything, but I, I have to live. And I would think yeah. coaching would be very helpful at that point. Well, it's very difficult, and and I'm so glad that you brought that up because some people think like, okay, the divorce is final, and like that's it. And um, for some people, that's when when the really hard work begins, right? Because it's like, okay, I'm divorced. Now what, right? Like, and especially if you had been with that person for a long period of time, so much of your identity is tied up in that person. So much of your identity is tied up in your role as husband or your role as wife. And now all of a sudden, after many years, that's not one of your roles anymore. So I deal with a lot of people where it's like, um, you know, they've lost themselves in a relationship and trying to get their self-identity back. Like, who are you now that you're no longer a part of this couple? Um, and that's, you know, there's a lot of um, self-exploration that needs to be done. Um, there's a lot of healing. Um, if it was in a dysfunctional relationship, um, a lot of people leave those dysfunctional relationships with um, low self-esteem because they've been told and criticized for many years and told that they were, you know, difficult or one way or another. So there's lots of, um, like I said, self-exploration and self-awareness and self-discovery uh, that just begins to happen once the divorce is final. Because when you're going through the divorce, you're so wrapped up in the divorce, right? And then afterwards, right. it's like, oh my gosh, now what? Who am I? What do I do? Where do I go? What makes me happy? Um, and it's a process. And, and what I think most people forget too, that it's it's a grieving process. The end of a marriage is a loss. And um, again, you're losing, you're losing your partner. You're losing a sense of, your identity, you're losing a sense of maybe your security and stability. Maybe you're losing, you know, some of your financial stability as well. Uh, you may have had to move. So you've lost your home. You might lose um, extended relatives. You might lose some friends. And what really, really hurts is you're losing uh, what your, your dreams and visions had been for the future, right? You and that. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that is really tough. And I think, um, you know, a, a lot of times I've, I'm really reminding people, be gentle to yourselves, you know, allow yourself this time to grieve, allow yourself this time to mourn, because it is very much like a death. And unfortunately, people um, don't think of, you know, when somebody gets a divorce, that they need that special care as if, as if it you know, you don't treat somebody when they go through divorce the same way you would have treated them had they lost their spouse to a death. Um, Absolutely. Well, it is a grief. I agree with you. I think what you were saying and what I hear and what I believe is that's a grief of what would have been, what could have been, what we all hoped exactly. would have been. And, and people spend a lot of times with all that could have, would have, should have, what ifs. And exactly. it's, it's, yeah, 
Well, this is fascinating. I'm, I'm afraid we're running out of time, although I could talk for hours more about this, but thank you very much for, for doing, one, for doing this. How long has coaching, divorce coaching been in existence? Because as I say, I didn't hear about it before. Well, you know, when I first went through my divorce, again, that was um, over 10 years ago, I had no idea there was such a thing. I, I, I really didn't. Um, so, so for me, it's, it's, it's kind of like a new thing finding out specific, I mean, there have been life coaches, trans life coaches, transition coaches. Um, but I think the specialty of divorce coaching, I can't even tell you when that, you know, and and I think there's still, and, and I thank you for having me on because I still think that the, the public needs to be aware that there, that there is such a profession and that there is help. Well, yes, Um, I think it's vital because this is such a need. That's hidden yeah. in society, and, you know, and and it was a. Well, I just think it's a wonderful thing what you're doing to help people. It's a real help, and I love that. I, I thank, thank you, you for doing that. That's wonderful. So before we end, let us uh, ask the question. Someone else who is interested in this, either because they want to go need to go through it, or because they know somebody else who is, and they want to get in touch with you. What would be the best way for them to reach out to you? I would love for, um, you know, reach out to me directly, send me an email. Um, the name of my company is SOS Divorce Coaching. So oh, I love can, that. SOS yeah, Divorce Coaching. SOS Divorce Coaching. And SOS actually stands for starting over single. And that's exactly what I help people do. Um, so, yes, send me an email at SOSDivorceCoaching at gmail.com. And I would be happy to, you know, once once we start corresponding via email, we can set up time. Um, usually I set up a Zoom call and I offer a complimentary um, in coaching. We call it a discovery session uh, where we can find out what the client's needs may be and how I could help them. Well, that is wonderful. Well, Janine, thank you so much for that and for doing this work. I think you're performing a great service. So thank you for sharing this with our audience. Terrific. Thank you for the opportunity, Tom. I appreciate it. All right. Take good care now. All right. Bye-bye.